Hey friends, this is Megan and this is Boomerang Fitness. We are hosting another podcast interview. Today we are talking with Christina Magro. She's an amazing individual here in Chicago and has started an awesome nonprofit called Support Staff, which is providing mental health services for hospitality professionals. So I hope you're able to hang out for the next uh, 30 minutes or so and learn more about this organization and her life during the last six months or so. Grab a cup of tea or a cocktail, maybe get cozy with a blanket, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Well, I don't know if you remember Alex, but I'm sitting here with my husband and business partner. Uh, Hello. Hello. He's a... when we've been out, we were at what? Lone, we're Lone Wolf. Yeah. Lone Wolf. He yeah. was the one black guy there. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> he has other other distinguishing characteristics about him, but that's the no, most notable. Um, <laughs> in, in that setting, yeah. <laughs> and kind of in the world right now, I feel like you can't be <laughs> invisible and be black anymore. Not that uh, you ever could. <laughs> Good, yeah. And I feel you. My boyfriend is black as well, so that statement uh, definitely resonates. Yeah. Well, I'm super excited to be finally connected. It's Me too. Time that we've been trying to do this since the start of COVID. Yeah, I think everything has been run together for the past. I don't even is it six months. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I would love learn more about you pre-COVID what kind of what your deal is what you're doing so pre-COVID um I was the or still I'm the general manager of Lone Wolf Tavern in the West Loop um and then me and my two business partners Laura Telton and Moni Bunny um we're in the process of getting our nonprofit going, but that is, um, that was a very long, uh, long process of, of, of waiting for our official 501c3 notification. And then um, the whole uh, government shutting down also didn't really help that either. But, um, but yeah, pre-COVID, I just worked a, a whole bunch, um, doing a bunch of different things for the hospitality industry, whether that be at work or I was also doing some educational stuff on the side and talking about brands and things like that. Um, I was a brand ambassador. Um, so I was teaching people about um, Sherry, which is a fortified wine uh, coming out of the Spain region. Um, And that's kind of what I was doing before COVID. Um, But now the everything's a little bit different. Well, that's so interesting, because I want to definitely talk about your nonprofit. I didn't realize you had started that pre COVID. I thought that was in response to how crappy everything happened with the hospitality industry post COVID. Oh no, it started, It we've actually been at it for a little bit over two years now um, with support staff because it, it started, I think, 
from a place of frustration with the industry and the lack of like resources or understanding um, from the mental health community. And we just saw like a bunch of our friends um, not in really good places. And I personally lost a couple people that were really close to me. So we started support staff about two years ago, um, just because, especially when I lost Caesar, I realized that a lot of my friends around me were struggling, but didn't really know like who to turn to or like who to talk to about their mental health challenges. So um, we ended up doing a competition that was hosted by the Altos um, Tohono Society. And it was a sustainability competition. And we kind of went down there with the mentality of like, how do we even talk about sustainability when we can't even sustain ourselves like as employees within this industry. So when COVID came, it was like, for us being three like hospitality professionals that who founded it. And then we have a group of hospitality professionals working for us. I think we just needed to like help figure out how to help. Mm -hmm. so. uh, that's really, that's super cool. That's awesome. Yeah. How long have you been in the industry? So I've been in the industry. Let's see. I'm 30. I've been in the industry for 12 years. I've, I've grown up, I would say, in this industry. <laughs> it started when I was 18 and then just kind of evolved, kept evolving in my roles. And yeah, I've, I've been in this industry for, the, for my adult life. Has all of it been in Chicagoland or other places? Um, I've been in Chicago for the majority of those 12 years, um, 10 of those years. And then outside of Chicago, it was just in the Southwest suburbs. I uh, grew up in Shanahan. So, so I started bartending at a place called Jameson's Pub in Joliet, Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I moved up here shortly after my 21st birthday. Um, and I guess the rest is history. I just got, just started working at numerous different uh, bars and, and restaurants trying to figure out like what the, what my favorite like style of service was. And is that where you are now or uh well my favorite style of service yeah i that's a tricky question because <laughs> i feel like they all have their pros and cons um but hmm i would say uh i would say that that's a hard question to ask during this time. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Past like seven months aside. Yeah. This is like, <laughs> so yeah, I think, uh... but 
It was like uh, pre-COVID, Lone Wolf was real was a very fun place to work and be because it's a very high volume venue. So we were we always were busy and always had something to do, and the the shift flew by pretty fast. And um, everybody on staff has been there for a really long time. So yeah, it, it is a it's a really great place. But now it's like. It's you, Randolph Street is all out on the sidewalks doing like side sidewalk cafe. So it's it's uh we're adjusting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um before we jump into like I wanted to get back to support staff. So I think there's a lot of people that probably don't know what that is yet, mm -hmm. uh, especially if they're not connected to you or your uh, partners um, and know about it or stumbled across it on Instagram. So yeah, so um, support staff started a couple years ago. Like I said, I think it all came from like a, a seeing a place of grief and the how different people around me like dealt with grief and like a lot of 96.6% uh, actually of the hospitality industry is not insured. So mental health care is always seen as a luxury and not a necessity. So we were trying to figure out of like how we as hospitality professionals could bridge the gap um, between our friends and family within the industry and mental health professionals. So it's been a very interesting road of, of um, how we've gotten here. Like I said, we started, um, we started the whole concept for an idea for this comp, this sustainability competition. And we ended up not winning the competition, but it really helped us with the infrastructure of like what we wanted to do with support staff. Um, so then we came back and we, we started working on getting our own 501c3 and how we were going to do this. So um, we now have currently received our 501c3 status officially, which is amazing. Um, but before we got our 501c3, we partnered up with other nonprofits who had similar values and um, ideals to us. Um, and that's how we did the CompTAB relief fund for everybody with COVID. Um, we part, we aligned with some um, community activists and an another nonprofit to be able to distribute these funds. And we ended up getting checks into 161 different people's hands. So oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, every little bit helps and. For us, our main target was people that weren't able to have financial assistance, whether that be they were undocumented or something of that nature. So those were our like top highest risk, like most prioritized people. Um, and yeah, so with support staff moving forward outside of the ComTap Relief Fund, we created this educational structure for not only ownership, but middle management and employees of how to create um, more safe work environments. And we have some mental health education for like workplace, but obviously with COVID, 
happening. Um, we are not doing any in-person training. So we actually have a YouTube channel that we're going to start utilizing for these trainings. And then also with our mental health professionals. Um, so people, so we can still continue to bridge the gap, but, uh, adapt and weave throughout these COVID times. Yeah. Has anything shifted super dramatically with COVID and your, um, I guess, how you're supporting folks with all these stress and anxiety with COVID and having to go back to work, uh, with Black Lives Matter, with this upcoming election, uh, I feel like everyone is at an all-time high with stress. Um, has that affected your mission at all, I guess, with support staff, or is it still just providing, helping to provide resources, I guess? Well, what we want to do is be more than just, like, a resource guide. Ideally, we will have mental health professionals that will be able to dedicate their time to one-on-one -on -one sessions for privately for people. Um, but right now... Currently, they're doing group sessions. Mm -hmm. um, and what we're hoping to, I mean, obviously, I think mental health is something that affects everyone, and especially in this time. And, like, the dehumanization of the service industry is so apparent during this pandemic, like, more so than ever. Even reading that article that um, just mandated masks during interactions yeah. with staff. <laughs> like the quote from the governor was like, treat them like any employee you would at a retail place. And it's like, I don't understand why this wasn't a thing to begin with. And also, yeah, you should treat this person like you would treat any other person because they're a human <laughs> being. So yeah. <laughs> I feel like uh, what we are trying to do is like more important, if not now than ever, because of the added stress of everything that the hospitality industry has to deal with right now. And to be honest, I'm really nervous about like what it looks like going into the fall and the winter when the majority of these people get furloughed or laid off again because there is no patio to sit on and then like the winter is already an isolating time for people let alone like when you're unemployed and you don't really know what the future holds yeah so I think our mission has always been like how do we help how can we help? And I think now more so than ever, like, I feel like our mission will always be um, adapting and like adjusting to what our industry needs. Yeah. Um, so we emailed before this and you went back to work, right? I went back to work. Yes, I did. Um, do you want to talk about that at all? Or are you keeping that kind of close to the test right now? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'll talk about it. Um, I went back to work 
Um, and I was back at work for two weeks and then I, uh, it was a Saturday night we were closing and my chest hurt pretty bad. And I was like, man, I genuinely thought it was just anxiety about opening and this whole process and, and serving the public, etc. Um, and it just didn't get better. It felt like there was like an 800 pound gorilla on my chest. And it, I, it was, it's like a pain that I can't even describe. Um, so I ended up going to the hospital and um, they ran a battery of tests on me and um, didn't really have a solution for me. Um, just sent me home. But COVID was never even part of the part of the equation like they didn't even we didn't even really talk about it until the end when they were like well we're going to give you this COVID-19 test and see what happens and then the next morning um, I got a phone call that I tested positive um so that was scary the whole experience is like pretty scary um mainly because I'm a pretty healthy, uh, 31 year old woman. Um, but I am, I do have, uh, autoimmune disease. So I'm not, like, I knew that there was risk involved of going back to work, but, um, for me, like I thought it felt like it was important to be the fearless leader for my team um, throughout this whole process. <laughs> so yeah. getting it um, is very interesting. It's a very interesting perspective. Um, everything from like the experience and the shortness of breath and and not being able to breathe and like your oxygen levels dipping down and uh, it's just quite scary. Uh, to then also the way of which people treat you um, has been really eye-opening as well. It's like almost as if uh, you have this scarlet letter or like you didn't do something correctly. Oh. Like, the, the amount of people who like, uh, found, like I, I was trying to, I'm a pretty private person. So I, you know, I didn't, I wanted to keep it pretty close to the chest. Um, but the news spread pretty quickly and the amount of people who reached out to me and then just started questioning me about like, where did I get it? How do I think I got it? Like, <laughs> and all of this stuff. And it was just crazy because I'm like, I understand that everyone in this situation is scared, but also like, please have some compassion and sympathy towards like the person who just got diagnosed as well, you know? <laughs> um, so it's it's been it's it's been a very um uh eye opening experience for sure and then i'm I'm back at work now 
Um, and it's still really weird to be honest. Like it's, for me, it's really challenging to like have to police people into, um, like wearing masks and, and, uh, like not mocking our hand sanitizer on the patio and things like this. Cause it's most definitely like a real thing. And this is more of patrons, I'm assuming, than, like, other, like, employees or coworkers, correct? Oh, correct. Yes. Like, 100%. Um, my coworkers and my team over there have been nothing but super supportive and amazing. But um, the general public right now is quite challenging. What's wrong with people? Well, <laughs> for me, it's just, like... All of it seems very like unnecessary. Like this is very, this is like a luxury to be able to like do these things. And, and one should like really think about like, is it worth it? You know, I, I like find myself thinking about this a lot because like you want, I want people to support local small businesses and all of these bars because you want them to stay alive and sustain but also i know how like reckless it is too so it's like a double-edged sword yeah it's gotta be a huge challenge yeah and i mean for me being uh like a i like to plan things out it's it's very interesting because everything has been changing like so rapidly and every like different business is trying to adapt and weave um that it's just it's it's really interesting because i no one planned for this so we're all kind of learning together i suppose yeah, I feel like planning anything during like three weeks from now is like a waste of time almost. It feels <laughs> like for us at least. Like it's just like I mean, we can plan, but it's like every, the whole world's gonna be different three weeks from now, so it's like who knows. Wow. Yeah, it's um, just it's like and I I'm yeah, I mean I agree. It's like it's kind of point it's not pointless, but you just kind of have to roll with the punches because everything just keeps changing yeah we haven't been out to like a bar or restaurant yet um but it's hard too because we want to like support our yeah. friends um but then at the same time we don't want them to get sick <laughs> yeah exactly uh we talked to the guys over at best intentions on two different like little sessions like this mm -hmm. and um I don't know if you've heard, but like they've chosen not to open until there is like significant process, significant process progress. Uh, I love that for that. Really hard decision to make. Yeah, we've talked to other business owners who are like, like, no, like I got to open up or fold up what I've you know spent so many years trying to build up. Like, it's yeah, that's kind of between a rock and a hard place, yeah. kind of catch twenty two if you will. Yeah, and I mean, I guess, like, the only thing that I can, like, recommend would be 
carry out, you know? Yeah. So we've been trying to do more of that. Yeah. yeah, but still. Especially like, you know, the best intentions, guys. I love them so much. And that's one of my favorite bars in the city. And that has to be a very challenging um, decision to make, but it's a very respectable one. Yeah, I feel like my, like my, I've come to the point, whatever decision you're making, if you're doing it safe and intentionally, like that's the right decision. There's no like, you're being an asshole, like don't be an asshole, but like whatever you decide, that's the right decision to make. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, shifting gears just slightly, um, what are you doing specifically for yourself to kind of manage stress and anxiety? during this time or maybe what did you do before that's carried over what are you doing now that's new maybe um so i especially in quarantine um but throughout this whole time i have a lot of plants (laughs) and um we i planted a bunch of sunflowers and um a wild flower like patch in my backyard so it's just been really nice like watching those grow but then I also got a puppy so he's pretty much destroyed the wild flowers so it's <laughs> nice for like a really small period of time um but uh I meditate almost every day now um because I feel like with the world it's necessary um, I think puppy kisses always help with <laughs> stress level and mental health. Um, and I just read a lot. So I've just been reading, trying to stay off of social media because I realized that social media was extremely triggering for me. Um, it's Facebook especially. <laughs> um, so... I've just tried to uh, focus my focus my efforts on things that I can control, and um, trying because pre-COVID I worked a lot and I didn't really have a work-life balance. And then during this time, it's really given me some perspective uh, and reevaluating of like things that um are important to me and I've kind of readjusted my priorities and hence I got a dog because I'm like you know what (laughs) I'm gonna get a dog because everyone says there's no good time to get a dog but I feel like this might be the best time to get a dog (laughs) what kind of dog did you get and what's its name his name is Maxwell um and we think he might be like a Frenchy pug mix maybe you um because he's like really wrinkly like more wrinkly <laughs> than Frenchies usually are so um but that's like him in the background being like oh can you hear yeah. me um, <laughs> but he's four months old now and he might quite possibly be the chillest puppy in the world that's amazing he just sleeps all the time (laughs) except for right now of course (laughs) 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 
Uh, and then what uh, books have you been reading? Any recommendations for folks or myself? I'm always reading. Um, so this is going to be like super heavy, but I've been uh, reading like a lot of different books. So I just finished Malcolm X's autobiography and I'm on like, so you want to talk about race. Um, mm-hmm. I read White fragility and i i which is so controversial (laughs) i didn't it wasn't my favorite that's what i'll say about that um i think it's a really good book if you're gonna do the work after it like you read it and like sit with it but then do more work after that and then put that book away and don't think about it ever again (laughs) yeah that oh yes 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 um so things like that and then I uh, I had to take a step back just for a moment and just read um, something not uh, related towards race. Um, <laughs> so I just I read a bunch of cookbooks. Like I know that sounds weird, but uh, I just buy a bunch of cookbooks and then look through them and then try to recreate all of the recipes because cooking is something that I've gotten to do a lot more during this time. Cause before I was at work 14, 16 hours a day and not, not really uh, planning my meals or anything like that. So just trying to do the things that I've really never had time to do before. Yeah, especially if you started when you were 18, which is pretty common in your industry, right? Like you start after high school and college and then you continue this. You never like... And you're just always working like 16 hours a day for like six days a week. And yeah. Then- and like taking better care of guests than you do yourself and eating over trash cans and like not like not really living the healthiest of lifestyles and I think that that was also one of the main motivations for support staff as well is to kind of like raise awareness of even that aspect of like we pride ourselves on being like hospitable human beings and like giving people the best experience and the best service. But like, why do we not hold ourselves on to that standard? Like why Mm -hmm. do we not treat ourselves like that? And it's something that, I mean, we still need to get better at uh, as an industry. Like we're the first ones to stand up for the things that we believe in and run to the streets and, raise our signs up but like why don't we do that for ourselves like we need to mm-hmm. like be better advocates for a better lifestyle um and i feel like it sounds weird but i always like to find the positive in every situation and i feel like the positive thing coming out of covid is i hope it gave hospitality professionals specifically a chance to slow down and like reevaluate their priorities and like start to like take better care of themselves because I Mm -hmm. I live with two other hospitality professionals 
And um, I know that they've had similar experiences to me, like, oh, I actually get to like cook a meal for myself. I actually get to like finish this book that I wanted to read because I'm not, you know, waking up, going to work, going to bed and doing it all over again. Mm -hmm. And I also hope it made people like really sit back and recognize like maybe how much they were drinking. Yeah. Um, because I know a lot of friends who have found sobriety through, through this time. So there's always, there's always some positive out of a negative. Absolutely. We were talking with, um, ourselves and our clients about what's something positive or that you've like gained during COVID that maybe you didn't have before and everyone could come up with at least one to a handful of things, which is pretty cool. Yeah, you kind of all had to slow down. Like, you all get caught up in our lives and kind of being in this rat race, whatever that means for you based on, you know, your industry. But, and then just with the craziness in the world, so many, you know, dimensions right now in so many areas, like we all spend time talking about the negative, but it's kind of cool to be like, hey, what are the positive things that came out of this? What can hopefully stick when things go back to, you know, quote unquote normal and kind of how can we better be better people coming out of this than we were kind of going into this. Right. Uh, right. We're going to ask one more question and then I'll let you say anything else that you want. This is my most important question because I think this is what's coming next, right? Because what else could be terrible that's happening in the world except a zombie apocalypse? it's coming for us right like we've gone through everything else we're at the final (laughs) level of this like horrible game killer hornets yeah so (laughs) we hear now that there's a zombie apocalypse it's obviously true because it wouldn't be made up at this point what are your first moves if you think that there's a zombie apocalypse happening like what do you do in the next like first 24 hours okay so I would uh, find a vehicle I would, um, I always joke about this with my boyfriend, so this is great. I always say that I would go get a bow and arrow because then, like, you don't have to worry about, like, running out of anything. And I feel like it might be, like, the mo- one of the most useful tools. Do I know how to shoot a bow? Absolutely not. But I feel like maybe <laughs> I could figure it out. Um, yeah. <laughs> I would grab my puppy and... Um, my boyfriend and pack up my car and then like part of me just like feels like I would drive my initial reaction would like drive to Kentucky and like find a farm and Mm -hmm. hide out on a farm (laughs) yeah like it that's that's my like first instinct I think that's what I would do do you have any connects on a farm in Kentucky? Yeah. I, you know what? I don't. Um, okay. But... We're looking. We're looking. So. <laughs> but there's something about Kentucky. I just feel like <laughs> we can make it happen, you know? <laughs> All right. So I think our, our goal for this weekend is to like do some Google Maps searching <laughs> of Kentucky and find that green farm and then find like the neighbor's farm because like everyone's going to go to the green farm right? so we can go to the neighbor. Yeah, that sounds great. We'll just have like our own <laughs> fortress. We can grow our own food. It'll be great. 
I'm assuming there's a ton of courses in Kentucky. My only experience is there's a, <laughs> a big race there that happens once a year. Yeah, like, I'm just assuming we can get some horses, we can get some farmland. Like, it's yeah. got to be there, you know? <laughs> I think that's a good plan. Um, my goal is to ask everybody this question, and then I'm going to take the best idea when this uh, zombie apocalypse finally happens. <laughs> I love that. Currently, it's um, we're all, well, we're going to meet up at Best Intentions. Uh, Chris and Calvin invited us. Um, we're going to meet there and follow them to, like, their farm, yeah, mom's yeah. farm out in Wisconsin. And then he is a prepper um, to the point where he has stocked up all this stuff. And I think he ended up getting, like, something insane, like, 500 boxes of tampons so that the women would be okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, That's yeah. very thoughtful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything else that you want to share with folks about what you're doing or, um, that we should, that we maybe forgot to highlight on? Yeah, probably get in touch with you for your not Yeah, I mean, that, um, I think what we have coming up in the future is, like, I would definitely be on the lookout for on our Instagram, which is Police Hustle Responsibly, because we're going to be launching this YouTube channel um, within the next couple weeks. So hopefully that will be great resources uh, for people and a great outline for hospitality professionals. Um, go out, buy some big star canned margaritas, because a portion of that proceeds goes to us and um i guess um when if if the people listening are out and about uh imbibing at restaurants and bars please be nice to the staff um be considerate be thoughtful tell them thank you it'll go a long way and, and i'm gonna say uh Tip aggressively. Oh, I, yes, please. <laughs> yes, but thank you for saying that. I thought that went without like being said, but it, it definitely. Apparently not. <laughs> I, I've heard apparently it not. I would think like. Yeah. But. Some things that would be common sense during this time, apparently hey, not. You know, yeah, my mom really... always said that common sense isn't very common, so. <laughs> um. Uh, awesome. This was so great. We'll share all your info and then um, we are going to be sharing a lot more stuff with um, in terms of fitness and health stuff um, after Labor Day. So we have a bunch of workout videos on our YouTube channel, more workouts that you can do at home, yeah, we have some nutrition life. stuff, um, just meal prepping Perfect. stuff, like little things like that. So um, hopefully we can continue to help um, in that aspect with your um, with the support staff. Absolutely, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. No well, enjoy the rest of your night with the puppies. <laughs> thank you. You guys have a great evening too. All right. All right. Bye bye. All right.